This episode is inspired by two of my friends in real life, recently talking about the perils of living with someone, one of them married and one of them not married. So this discussion isn't about marriage per se. This is about what happens when you forget that your partner, legally contracted or not, has a choice about spending their life with you. When you start to take each other for granted, there can be so many consequences, none of them positive. Feelings of resentment, neglect or anger, a decrease in desire for one another, a lack of trust, the tiny bits that get chipped away and add up to the deterioration of the bond between you. But the longer you're together, the harder it can be to remember to pay attention, to show the interest, love and care you did when you were in the courting phase. So what do you do about that? How do you continue to show each other you care? Stay tuned and I'll share six completely free strategies to help you keep the magic alive in your relationship. Welcome to the Intimate Explorations podcast, where we explore all things dating, relationships, sex, and intimacy. I'm Tanya Finks, and you can find us online at intimateexplorations.com, where you can connect with us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Or feel free to email us at intimateexplorations at gmail.com. Today's episode is entitled Complacency Kills. So let's get to the six completely free strategies to help you keep the magic alive in your relationship. I stress the completely free strategies because this is not about buying flowers or going to dinner in a movie. Those things are nice, but they're really the icing on the cake when the relationship is singing. No, I'm talking about the everyday habits that keep you swooning and feeling loved and adored by your mate. The first strategy is to recognize that your partner is dynamic. I think there's a safety that comes with being with a partner for a long time. The better you know each other, the more you feel safe in each other's space, the more you feel comfortable being around one another, the more you feel free to be with one another. And so there's a comfort that comes from feeling like you know each other well. But there's a flip side to that as well. There's no greater disservice you can do your partner than thinking of them as fixed as done, as cooked. There's a risk in feeling like we know our partner so well that there's nothing new to learn, that we know how they're going to react, we know what they're going to say, and we stop listening to them like they're a new person every day. You know, we are all impacted by the experiences that we have on a daily basis. We're all constantly evolving. And though we don't change dramatically, our instincts don't change, our thoughts, how we think about the world, how we approach the world, in small ways may shift. And it's nice to know that our partner is still interested, that our partner can still be surprised by who we are. And there's a deadness that happens when we feel like our partner doesn't see us anymore, doesn't listen to us, doesn't expect anything new from us. So. One way to keep the magic alive is to listen to your partner like they're new every day. We all fall into the how was your day pattern, but it's important to remember to ask those broader questions, those deeper questions on a somewhat regular basis. Those questions that get to what you're thinking about, what you're feeling, 
what you're learning, what you're exploring, what you hope for, what you wish for, what you value, what you care for. Not on a daily basis, but often enough to let your partner know that you're still curious, that you're still looking to learn more about them and that you recognize that they're not done. The second strategy is don't try to change your partner. Ladies, we get a bad rap, unfortunately well-deserved, for taking on a man as a project. We relate to them like broken women. And men, fess up, you relate to women as emotionally indulgent men. Gender aside, each of us have different ways of approaching the world. And guess what? Our different approaches work for each of us. As a strengths coach, I help people recognize their natural talents and identify ways for them to be more of themselves to even better effect. As a strengths-based dating and relationship coach, I help singles and couples create understanding and appreciation for the different ways they navigate the world and to learn to leverage each other's strengths rather than trying to convince the other to do things their way. As we all know, it doesn't work. People are never effective at doing things our way and it only leaves them frustrated that we don't accept them as they are. So rather than trying to change your partner, seek to understand your partner's approach. Your way may seem better to you, and it probably is better for you. But for the sake of your relationship, understand that their way is likely better for them and learn how to make your ways work better together. Strategy number three is to keep a gratitude journal. When I discovered bullet journaling, one of the things I was most excited about is that the practice helped me strengthen certain habits. I used a habit tracker to track those habits I wanted to build and a gratitude log to build the habit of acknowledging something I'm grateful for every day. In his TED talk entitled, Wanna Be Happy? Be Grateful. David Steindlrast, I'm sure I'm butchering his name, but he set out two requirements for gratitude. First is that the thing is something valuable to you. And the second is that it's a gift. It's not something you earned or purchased. You didn't cause it to come about. It's truly a gift. Those two elements in combination inspire gratitude. The point of David's talk is that gratitude causes happiness, not the other way around. And every day in and of itself is something to be grateful for. All it takes is the noticing. When I think about this in the context of relationship, two things stand out to me. One is that happier people enjoy happier relationships, so there's that. But imagine if in your habit of gratitude, you focused that acknowledgement on your partner, say once a week. If you're regularly identifying opportunities for gratitude for your mate, your attitude toward each other can't help but shift. The actions that keep the magic naturally occur. And if once a week isn't enough to inspire magic, up it to two or three. This is the best free therapy available, so I highly recommend giving it a try. Strategy number four is to let go of keeping score. In the very first Love Notes interview I did, Love Notes is a monthly series I do where I interview women or couples who have been married for 20 years or longer. And in the first one, Liz identified one of the things that makes her marriage work is giving up keeping score. Paraphrasing her sentiment, when she's keeping score, for example, Ed didn't pick up his socks or Ed left dirty dishes on the counter, etc., she finds that things are harder between them and he's less generous with her. 
Instead, she tries to practice a concept she learned in a course she took that said it takes both partners giving 100%, not each giving 50%, to make a partnership work. Liz finds that when she has that mindset, when she's not keeping score, but she's focused on giving 100% to make the relationship work, Ed is much more naturally generous with her. And they don't talk about it, it just happens. So give up keeping score and focus on giving your share and see what happens. Strategy number five is to ask for what you need. The longer you've been together, the more you may feel your partner should know what you need. And maybe they should. But if you're committed to the relationship, it will be better served by workability than righteousness. Now, if you're asking for what you need and your partner isn't willing or able to give you what you need, that's a different conversation. And I completely recognize that it may not feel good to have to ask for what you need all the time. I also understand that it's not always easy to ask for what you need. But if what you seek is not only workability, but magic, be willing to ask. Don't let the resentment about not getting what you need build to the point that you can't even see magic anymore. It can also be really helpful to talk about your love languages. In his extremely popular book, The Five Love Languages, Gary Chapman describes the five primary ways we give and receive love. Words of affection, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, or acts of service. So if your primary love language is physical touch, for example, so you give your partner lots of massages and hold hands in the limited time you're able to spend together, but your partner's primary love language is quality time, they're not going to be feeling loved the way you think they should. And you won't understand why not. So understanding each other's love language will help you communicate love in the way your partner can hear it. Strategy number six is one of my favorites. That may be because words of affection is one of my primary love languages. Quality time is the other. But I digress. Strategy number six is to express your love every day. This doesn't take profound, poetic expressions of deep love and admiration on a daily basis. Instead, it's the quick little gestures that can make the biggest difference. My sweetie and I use Bitmoji to send little random love images to each other. If you're not familiar with Bitmoji, it's a free app that allows you to create a character that surprisingly accurately resembles you that you can then use to send brief greetings, acknowledgements, celebrations, frustrations, and messages of affection. What makes this strategy so effective is that the randomness communicates not only that you love your partner, which in long-standing relationships, your partner typically knows, but that you're thinking of them, that they're on your mind, that you appreciate them, that they're special. I've heard of people using post-it notes on the bathroom mirror to similar effect. So there you have it, six completely free strategies for keeping the magic alive in your relationship. None of them are particularly challenging or even original, but they're good reminders that it only takes a tiny bit of effort to keep your one and only feeling like the apple of your eye. I hope you heard at least one practice you can put into play. And I'd love to hear how you keep the magic alive in your relationship. Leave a comment below to join the discussion and have an awesome week.